1: favorite mixed martial arts podcast recording out of los angeles california it's mma roasted with adam
0: hunter who the fuck is that guy hey welcome to a brand new mma roasted podcast it's me adam hunter i am here with sean mccorkle uh everything is great uh this is going to come out Monday. It's Friday. We're recording this on Friday because, and I'm going to be on a cruise ship next week. So I wanted to give you guys a show not wait a week. So I'm here with the man McCorkle. We was supposed to come on Tuesday, but was in a lot of pain. Um, so, like I said, I had a show for a bunch of doctors, and not just any doctors, like some of the top neurosurgeons, they could they could do all kinds of stuff to you, uh, they could, you know, help you, This these guys are like next level, and they have a whole program, and they, you know, they have mushrooms, they're all kinds of really great technology, as well as like they're out there, and I was like, Sean, I'm going to sit these doctors down and ask them about you, and I did, I asked one of the main guys, and I told him everything you had, which was like it was like 30 things. It was like, boom, boom. I, don't know. I mean, you don't even describe it. So you see it on, on paper and you're like, man, this poor human being. And the yeah. guy said that basically you fucked yourself up so much with all the surgeries. Now they have to redo what they did wrong. And that is like, so not, he said, it's, he said it's normal for you to be in pain. He said, pain is now normal. Yeah, for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which I still didn't kind of comprehend that. But he thinks that you should be doing what, what they're doing, um, which is this whole process and this whole other way of doing it. So I'm going to give you their information. But did you, like, because I sat there and listened to them, where did you think of what that doctor said?
1: It sounded a lot like I went to a really good place. There actually is one good group of surgeons in Indianapolis that's at least Midwest renowned, right whatever that's fucking worth. But uh, the guy I told the guy, I may have told you this before, but I asked the surgeon when he looked at all my stuff, I said well what would you tell me if I was your son? What would your advice be? And he said, I would tell you your life as you knew it is over. And uh, he said, and that was 2014 that he told me that. And I said, okay. And he goes, there's no fixing what you have. He said, you have so much damage to your back. In addition to, he said, your vertebrae are time and a half the size of normal people, which made me feel like the elephant man or some shit. But uh, he said, you have massive vertebrae, the discs are normal size, you know, so that's on there. And I said, well, if I lost a bunch of weight, he goes, yeah, it's not gonna make a of a difference. Um, he said, because the damage is already done. The problem I have, dude, I think I told you this, I'm going to get screened for cancer. I like to bring up cancer all the time. But um, my facet joint, which means nothing to anyone who's not a back surgeon, but that's what hurts. It burns 24 hours a day. I mean, like someone's got a hot poker in my back. And no one will listen to me. They keep telling me, well, it's not your facet joint. And I'm like, well, all my symptoms say it's my, it's my facet joint. Like and like every when you guys stuck me with a needle to burn off the nerve endings, I said, that's where it hurts. That's how it hurts. That's my facet joint. And uh, they stuck three different times. They burned off the nerve endings supposedly in that joint and then uh, never helped. But uh, when they did a deadening um, shot, they, they give you a shot to basically diagnose it. When they shot me in the um, facet joint, I said, okay, it's gone. It's gone now. Like a minute so a minute, they get it. and pain's gone. So that should have diagnosed. That's what it is. But I finally have doctors who are listening to me now who say that, uh, the, that it's probably the facet joint. That's what the doctor, after I talked to him for an hour the last time, he goes, you know, it's probably your facet joint. I was like, that's what I said when I walked in here, you know what I mean? Or whatever. After he did all his diagnosed stuff. But now I maybe, I don't know if I told you, I might be just getting a pain pump in, which is basically they stick some kind of straw into your spine and it drips pain medication 24 hours a day to basically block the pain below a certain level in your spine. But even that, they said it's not going to be 100%. They said it'll just reduce it. So it's not going to be 100%. But it's a dude, I'm telling you, I'll say this very often. If I did not have kids, I'd shut myself now. Like it is that bad. It is, I slept probably three hours last night, probably two and a half the night before. Well, the I doctor. Wake said up every to 30, reach to, so reach
0: out to that doctor, and then there's a there's one guy that was above him, and I'm gonna reach out to him too for you. But uh,
1: yeah.
0: anyway, so we're off to a great start. I'm sure you guys are really happy to hear about uh, <laughs> our problems. But I'm telling you, I so, didn't know we were on air. Yeah, we were, no, we're on <laughs> air, man. This is this is this is the realest podcast as it gets, man. <laughs> um, so Nate Diaz has posted a tweet saying he wants to go to Bellator. Uh, he says. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's old enough, uh, but he basically, Nate Diaz said, um, and I, man, like I would hate to see that happen. Uh, he goes, I'm trying to get on this Bellator card in April with my boy Yancey in Hawaii. Yancey started with, uh, he's fighting Emmanuel Sanchez, which is a great fight. He goes, What up with it, Bellator MMA? Man, I don't think th- that the UFC wants to lose the Diaz brothers. I mean, it's going to happen eventually, you know, and. Based on Nick's last performance, which was a very exciting fight, but man, I don't, it wasn't the the Nick Diaz of old. And I'm sure people are gonna fucking yeah. Like, okay, fine. You know, I, I mean, Nick Diaz in his prime, I think. I mean, Nick Diaz beat Robbie Lawler in, in his when they were younger. It wasn't even like it was a great fight, but um, yeah, he
1: wasn't he wasn't in shape for his last fight. There's no there's no doubt about that. As much as I love Nick Diaz, he wasn't in shape. So,
0: but uh, I think Nate still has you know, has it in them to compete with some of the top guys in the UFC, if not beat them. So I would kind of hate to see Nate go. The thing about Bellator is that they don't, you don't even know when it's on. They do such a bad time, job letting people know when the fights are on and how to watch the fights, which I think should be the main thing. If anything, else, right. even if you don't watch it, you should know it's on, you right. know, like, and then you should choose not to watch it. But when you don't watch it because you have no idea it's on, that's when it's problem. Why Is your, is, is your light flicking on and off or am I
1: uh, uh, yeah, that's my, actually my TV. I'll flip it off here. Ah. I thought the TV would provide light. Apparently, it's just messing things up. Let me see. Uh,
0: but yeah, and then Conor McGregor says basically he's going to waltz right in and fight Usman, which I don't understand. You've lost your last two fights. Uh, I understand that you got injured the last one, but you were losing before you got injured. Why would they just let you? I mean, the only way I can see that happening is if Usman is fighting Leon Edwards and that fight a week out, Leon gets hurt, and then they, McGregor's waiting, and then they go, okay, you could fight for the tight ty- because of the short notice. That's the only way, in which case I also think it's rough because you're not promoting the McGregor fight. It's like you're promoting it, but people, it's like, uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, you think he's just saying that to talk shit or what?
1: Yeah, I think he just likes to keep his name in the news. He's not, he don't want any of those, I mean, he can't win that fight. I mean, anything can happen, but he's not, he'll get taken down and, you know, dry humped for five rounds. There's no, uh. Bootsman's just too big. Connor needs to, if I were him, it would make sense to me, the UFC. Uh, I think they're going to let Nate, actually, I think Nate Diaz is leaving, but I, they should have Connor and Nate Diaz three and just get it over with. That's a fight Connor can win. And uh, if Nate loses, then uh, he can leave and go do what he wants. If he wins, they might be able to um, pay him. They're never going to pay him what he's worth or what he wants. But uh, it's sad. I man. the Diaz brothers are probably the two most underutilized guys in the history of the UFC, I think. They could have been. Selling millions of pay-per-views, and they always UFC will blame them. Well, they don't want to fight. They do want to fight. They're, I mean, they're hard to deal with. I know, but uh, if they were being paid what they're being paid, or should be being paid, I bet they would fight five times a year. You know. So
0: I told you when I was in um, Fox but, Sports, they were going to record Nick Diaz for one of the countdown specials, and they went down to Stockton, and he doesn't show up at the gym.
1: Right. And, and
0: he says he was. And Nate's walking in out all day and they're like, hey, when's where's your brother? I don't know. And, and this happened for like three straight days.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I had a I won't I won't put his name out there, but there was a guy that used to represent them, but actually actually represented me also an agent. And we were in Las Vegas. I was hanging with him one night and uh, he goes, dude, this is what it's like to deal with. And he scrolled down. He showed me four different times that Nate asked what the room number was in the past, like, 12 hours. Like, yeah. dude, what's my room number? What's our room number again at the hotel? So it was like 253. And like two hours, later, like, dude, what's that room number? And uh, like the guy was like, man, is he deleting my text? Like as soon as it's over, like, I don't understand because it's still on there, you know, but. Uh, yeah, I, said, knew a uh,
0: I knew a fighter who had like a, a two-in-one record, but had like a big name and other things. And he was friends with the Diaz brothers and he, he was his manager all of a sudden. And he tried calling Sean Shelby uh, and saying, hey, if you want to, to have Nate fight next, you got to sign me too. And he was yeah. like, "No, that's never going to
1: happen." <laughs> yeah, they don't—they don't go for that fade or treatment. Like, hey, we're gonna as long as you got fade, you're gonna take seven Russians too. They're
0: like, yeah, yeah, they're like, "No, nah, man, that, that, that's not." It was just funny. I'm not even sure, but anyway, uh, so so that's going on. Henry Cejudo, by the way, who I, I love, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. We work together a lot, but he told me so. For some reason, um, Peter Yan's corner can't get in the country. I don't know where he's from, but <laughs> it, like, there's a war going on in Russia. So right, maybe that's why. Uh, right, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm a complete idiot. Uh, so <laughs> I thought you were
1: sarcastic when you said you didn't know why, like you didn't right. know where the war was going on. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, right, right. Well, that makes sense. That they wouldn't war in Eastern Russia. That makes. Sense. I thought that good point. I'm a moron. Okay, so, so the, he they can't. Uh, so he he can't. So Peter Yan basically uh, wants to corner. Um, doesn't have a corner for his next fight against Aljamain. So right. he, he asked O'Malley to corner him, as well as Sahudo, and Sahudo uh-huh. said, "I'll corner you if you give me." And, and I and we had some jokes, and then now he's like, "Just shut." Just then, now they're going back and forth. So, but Sahudo really thought he was, but
1: <laughs> like. it was a bit of a missed opportunity for Sahudo, like just to – I don't know. What was he, what was he saying? You got to give me the belt after or what?
0: No, I had Soto say, Oh, well, we worked together. I, I had him say, all right, give me a high chair. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and then like you need me with like a K N like you need me. Right. And then he, right, and then said, so, then Peter Young goes, just, okay, just shut the fuck up and don't give me any of your, any of your stupid advice. And
1: then <laughs> I guess I didn't do, yeah, I didn't translate very well into that. <laughs> people tend to be edgy when their country's at war with the world. So. Right. 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 And then what's the, name said, uh, basically, um,
0: uh, Conor McGregor said, uh, you know, he keeps calling sudo a little fart. And then huh. he goes, what well, do you know about farting? You're always out, out of, out of, out of gas. I don't know where he's getting these funny tweets from, but, uh, but yeah, so me and Henry, <laughs> anyway, but what, what was I talking about? Uh, So that's going on. I don't want to go over the fights that are tomorrow because it's going to air Monday. You know, so I guess we could go over some of the the next fights. Oh, by the way, what do you think of the transgender swimmer that just won in the NCAAs? Uh, Yeah, I think he did really well.
1: Um, (laughs) You know, that's what I think. uh, It's ridiculous, man. Like it is absolute. It is the dumbest thing in the world. It's uh, to act like men don't have a biological advantage is the. Craziest, you know. I heard one time, man. I never, I never. I was kind of not against women's rights, but this, oh, we're equal stuff all the time because they're not in certain ways, not physically equal. You know, a lot of them. And I wanted to said a lady, some lady wanted to play on the men's golf tour, and they were like, it's men only. You have your own thing. But I guess she was the best golfer in the world, and she said, I'm not saying that because I'm equal. It's because I want to play on the highest level. Men's is the highest level, so that's what I'm saying. If I can compete with the men, let me step up and play. And that yeah. actually uh, made sense to me then, you know, as long as I thought she was going to get blown out and just saying that, you know, I should be able to compete with men because it, it needs to be fair. But I guess she was shooting as well as any man was at the time. So she wanted to compete at the highest level. So well, it, would, it would be different if a girl wanted to come across like, in you know, a compete with a man, I think, but uh, I don't know, man, you can't well, say I, anything. I had, about a
0: feeling, I had a feeling she was going to pull it off, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, was-
1: yeah, it's, to beat like several several uh, Olympic medalists, right? And uh, uh,
0: so I mean, yeah, I mean, I actually wanted to tweet that. Like, I had a feeling she was going to pull it off, but then people right. like I knew. I'm like, <laughs> do I want to get canceled for this one? Um, but then I'm like, what am I getting canceled from? uh it's just, I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always say. It's uh, I'm lucky I'm not famous because then I would get canceled for sure. But. Um,
0: all right. So ESPN, but I look. I, here's the thing. I, I am all. For trans rights, I, I do think that they need their own division. It should be a mm-hmm. separate division. And if she's the only one, and I'm going to call her a she, because that's what she wants to be known as, uh, to, that can then then she wins. She comes in first place, and then right. she, and then let's have her, you know. And this this should be men, women, and trans. But I don't think that I know they don't want to be. You know, well, I'm not a trans. I'm a woman. But you have should I, should I maybe have a trans man and a trans woman because mm-hmm. I think that if you're just uh, you know, ignoring the fact that she was 550th as a man, and now she's in first place as a woman, then then we're, we all have to like, everyone has to pretend that this is, this is, you know, that th- there's no advantage. And you, we shouldn't ask people to pretend things because then we're, then then that's a whole nother thing of, well, I don't want to pretend something isn't happening when it is,
1: right? you know, because now <laughs> you asking- yeah like that she's a, actually a woman <laughs> don't want to pretend that no, just I'll, 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 call, her, go on, go I'll ahead. call him she when uh, he or she calls me skinny because if <laughs> he can pretend like he's, she's a girl he can pretend like I'm in phenomenal shape so
0: oh, but, right but but you don't think you're in phenomenal shape though
1: yeah but I also don't think he's a girl so <laughs> it works out <laughs> I don't believe either of them so.
0: well you know what that is your right to think that and I think right. that's the problem is that uh, we, we're getting into a situation where people, you're saying you're not allowed to say that or to think that, and I'm like, well, I, I don't, I, you know. Look, it used to be I used to know military people, a lot of people that served in the military, and they were like, listen, you know, I may not agree with your speech, but I'll die trying to fight for it. You know.
1: Right.
0: Now it's like uh, I may not agree with your speech, you're not allowed to say it, and you're like, whoa, 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 like that's come on, and then you know, whatever. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the fight that's going on this this Saturday, which be when you're watching it, not the actual Saturday, but uh, which is Curtis Blades versus Chris Dalkus. Uh, Chris Dalkus is the guy who's a cop. Uh, who's like the world's toughest cop. He like was knocking everyone out until he fought the Black Beast. And then he got he lost by a knockout pretty quickly. In the first round. He went punch for punch with the, with the black piece, which is like
1: the worst. Which possible. probably wasn't new for him. But no, for anybody. Anybody's going for, for a cop on I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> But um, before yes. that, he, he he knocked out Shamil, Abdurakimov, uh, Alexi
1: Olnik, uh, Rodrigo, Nascimento, Parker Porter. Um so, so you're telling me, Adam, if I was a cop, I could have fought that lineup in the UFC instead of Mark Hunt and Stephen Strew right off the bat for my first two. Because if you'd have given me those four, I guarantee I'd have won two of them.
0: Right, right. No, I know. Is, it's crazy they gave you Mark Hunt in your first fight.
1: And yeah, and tricked me into it. They, I, they tricked they know, They didn't tell me who my opponent was when I signed my agreement. It was blank. Yeah. And they said it'd be another first-time UFC guy. And I said, okay, so you're not like putting me in there like throwing me the wolves because I didn't really care about fighting UFC at that point in my life. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I, I, I was making as much as the UFC was going to pay me at local shows because they didn't pay me very much, you know? So uh, they were like, oh, no, it'll be a first time UFC guy. Then the contract came by, came two weeks later and I saw Mark Hunt and I hit up uh, Joe Silva, text him. I said, is that Mark Hunt from like Japan or Iowa? You know what I mean? Like not from Japan, but I mean from, you know, like uh, Australia, New Zealand that fought in pride. And he was like, yeah, that's him. I was like, cool. So another first time UFC guy, technically.
0: So. so it's kind of how, like, uh, what's his name? Bill Murray got tricked into Garfield. You ever hear that story? Uh-uh. See, now he agreed to do the voiceover of Garfield.
1: Right.
0: It's because it was, a they're like, oh, this this guy is directing it. The guy had a very famous name of another director. He's like, oh, that guy is directing it. I'll do it. And then he got <laughs> stopped awesome. doing Garfield. He didn't want to do Garfield. And, like, Bill right. Murray and the notorious, like, you can't even reach him. Like, he has no phone. He has, like, no, like, email <laughs> like you have to call like a payphone in chicago and and then right. somebody and he and like so you have to know somebody that knows him like he's like one of the hardest people to reach which i would love to have that level of fame but then he did garfield and it did so well that he got he was in garfield too because it made like a hundred
1: million dollars <laughs> yeah
0: and then and then he had like 30 directors now in garfield too blah, blah, blah. but he didn't initially want to do garfield at all he was
1: like no maybe the director identified as oliver stone <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. he wasn't actually, actually his name. He just identified as him. <laughs>
0: uh, or like when old, did you hear about Old Dirty Bastard when he does that song, Ghetto Superstar? That's his story? Uh-uh. I, that was my favorite. So I'm, I'm a big Wu-Tang fan. So Old Dirty Bastard, he, because the guy, Proz, who was on the song, um, he it was him. I forgot who the girl was. I, I want to say Maya. And they were like, how did that happen? He's like, dude, I was in the re- recording studio in L.A., and I was working on the track and old dirty bastards like shows up and he's like, yo, this is my, my time. He thought he was in New York. He was in California. And he's right. like, he named no, I'm in the studio. And like, he's like, dude, you're not even in the wrong studio. You're in the wrong state. Like you're on the other side. He's like, nah, man, nah. And they're like arguing and right. he's like, and not to mention there was like an elevator and the, the one he thought he was supposed to be at, like you couldn't even have got, he goes and he goes, yo, that song sounds pretty good. What is that? He was, and he's like, that's he goes, let me hop on that. And he's like – so he walks in, like, just starts rapping on the track. He's All like, right. I was going to delete it a second after he left, but I'm like, yo, this actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> then they had a huge hit on their hand, which I, like,
1: love that story for, like, so many reasons. Um, I'm sure he was compensated fairly for it, too, since he had no paperwork signed ahead of time. They probably oh. threw him 25 bucks. Like, thanks, man. Like, third is the music industry. Is.
0: I didn't even think about that. You ever see it when Steve-O – goes to, like, Steve-O, you know, from Jackass. They had a... Oh, that's Steve-O? That's (laughs) Steve-O. Dude, you're killing me today with, like, logic. Uh, So, so Steve-O went to a... uh, It was, like, after ODB died, they had, like, a show for him. It was, like, a... It wasn't a funeral, but it was, like, a celebration. and It was, like, a memorial, but it was, like, a concert memorial for ODB.
1: I got together to remember when he was a young, dirty bastard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like all of Wu Tang is there and like their families are all there. Stevo shows up on like heroin, right? And he thinks it's a good idea to get naked and do a back a backflip. But first he's gonna mm-hmm. get naked. He puts his dick back and forth like 50 times. It's on Twitter. You could actually see this. Let me see if I could actually share it. So dude, it talk about like like man, this was not a good idea. I'll see if I find it. It is one of the most awkward. And then, of course, like he does that. And uh, what's what's his name gets really mad. Raekwon, the chef, who's not a chef, by the way. I thought he actually was a chef, uh, but he's not an actual chef because I'm I'm good friends with uh, Russell Peters and I and he stays at Russell Peters house. And I was like, hey, is he really a chef? He's like, no, I was kind of disappointed. Like, he was, you know,
1: but you it's know. Awesome. You let a guy with the name the chef live at your house and he doesn't even cook for you. <laughs> it doesn't seem very fair.
0: Hold on. I'm just typing in, dude. So, Steve O ODB, right? Steve O ODB, right? By the, all right. So, dude, you want to talk about like things going, all right. So, this is a minute and 32 seconds, right? So, I'll put share the screen. This is me and you for a while, by the way. Uh, so, all right, Steve O. Boom. All right, so this only has 4,000 views. I don't know how this doesn't have the majority. I'm going to do
1: a fucking double back, back flip. The double
0: back being
1: my dirty dick. <laughs> all right. This was at his funeral. At at the yeah, memorial and oh. concert. Dirty sound. Please the double back back foot.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't at the memorial. <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't go very well. Watch. mm -hmm. This This is Rank 1.
1: Hey, yo, check this out, homie. Listen, listen, listen. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I'm going to tell you right now, in front of all these people, you're going to apologize or I'm going to knock you out in front of all these people. I'm going to play it. That was disrespectful. You know what I'm
0: saying? I'm ready to fuck you up. So you better apologize right
1: now. And I'm going to chill straight up. Man, I apologize, you. I mean, I honestly did not mean any disrespect. I came here
0: because I loved And I'm sorry. Yo, apologize to his mom. So mom, come you come here? For to you to apologize now?
1: to his mom, too. So yeah, so that, that's <laughs> I was trying to see where his dad was on there, but I remember he was a bastard. So his dad probably didn't <laughs> go to the so I mean, you know. he did
0: like apologize to his aunt. And it's, imagine he went up to every single person at the concert and apologized. But, like, talk about, like, why would he think that was a good idea? He's like, he said there was actually, he did a sh- I actually looked into it. I'll tell you why. According <laughs> to him, him and Old Dirty Bastard did a show together like weeks before, and they were both on drugs. And All Dirty just got naked and like they were both naked on stage doing heroin during the rap concert while rapping. It was like a crazy show. So but man, and he actually asked Method Man, hey, is this a good idea? And he's like, yo, do your thing. And then he did that. And uh, but not everyone in the the Wu-Tang found it funny. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) I guess that's probably really improper in Asian culture.
0: <laughs> yeah, cause, I mean, man, talk about like bad. Meanwhile, so I did a joke on here last week that I thought was funny. Like, so Kevin Holland, you hear what Kevin Holland did? I uh, know. So, Actually, was, yeah, he, yeah, beat up a guy robbing a store. She, yeah, so a guy was about to shoot up a, a store, like 50 people, um, or some kind of, I don't know where he was, but him and his friend took the guy down, detained them Cops came. Right. He saved like 50 lives, this guy. The Kevin Holland is a hero. Fuck it. Nothing but respect for Kevin Holland, but I wrote. But I'm like, I gotta write a joke, so I'm like, well. Wow. And even more, also impressive is that was his first takedown in five years, right? So right. I thought it was funny. I put it on Instagram. Kevin Holland was like, he wrote back this guy with a, a, a thumbs up emoji, which is like right. not what you want to get. Is of this guy, you know? Right. Plus he's known for now, beating up trolls. I don't know if you know this. He's been inviting trolls. Yeah, to that's a great idea. So, so I was like, I texted him. I I, I DM'd them. I said, hey Kevin, I hope you know you didn't. I didn't mean to disrespect it. It was amazing what you did. Uh you want me to take it down. And he was like, Yeah, it's kind of corny. And you know, I just I some of his MMA jokes are forced, but it's your page, do your thing. So I like, yo, man, I took it down. I'm like, I'm not gonna like the guy just saved 50 people. I don't want to like put a damper in his week. But I thought it was an innocent joke. I called him a hero. I gave him props. I thought it was like innocent jab, but
1: uh, at least he didn't make you apologize to his mom and aunt. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really really bad. <laughs>
0: I, but I was like, "Damn! Like I, I'm a fan of Kevin Holland. What he did was in, you know, you, 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 I want to believe that I would have done the same thing in that situation. It's easy to say that. I don't know because I was that hasn't happened to me yet. But holy shit! And hopefully it never will. um But man, talk about some people—they they really know how to rise up to a situation and really amazing, like
1: incredible. That's what a lot of people don't understand not to talk about how great fighters are, but there's something wrong with you when you fight UFC like mentally. There's a little bit off. Like that's when people are like. Can you believe Kane Velasquez shot that, at that you know, I'm like, yes, I absolutely like. Kane is not a guy that bluffs. You know, what I mean, he's not the kind of guy that would bluff. Like he, you know, like um, it uh, he's got balls the size of an elephant to start with. So when you, and say the Kevin Holland guy, you got to be a little crazy anyway. So when someone pulls out a gun, you know, if he was that afraid to die, he wouldn't be fighting for a living. You know, right? So, no, it's yeah. absolutely
0: true. Uh, and then, you know, that was really cool, man. Really cool. Uh, so Kai Kara France, he's the guy that just knocked out Cody Love. He's fighting Oscar Oskarov, who's fourteen and zero and one, also from Russia. They call him the Bullet. He beat Joseph Benavidez. Pretty sure he beat him. He beat Tim Elliott. He lost to Brandon Moreno, but it was a declared a split draw. Which is funny because you know you lose to these guys. He's fourteen and zero and one draw. You know when you lose to a guy like Brandon Moreno and then he goes on and wins a championship, it's got to make you feel a lot better, right? Right.
1: I mean, though, be most good. people yeah. When, yeah when i beat mark hunt he beat six people in a row after yeah. that like finished six guys the ufc in a row and everybody's like why didn't you try to capitalize on that and i was like because all six of them would have probably beat me so it'd be hard for me to hard for me to be like oh yeah i could have beat uh you're the most guy, humble too. cocky fighter i've ever met <laughs> like because no. like, as humble as you are like
0: on the show and in, in real life too i've never met like a guy who successfully banged as many hot girls as you have. Like you would send me pictures of these girls that were not like 12s. They were all fitness, Brazilian fitness models. And you're like, yeah. But then you would like, then you would fuck it up over some stupid joke. Like literally you would text them like, hey, like, like some, something about you like banging the lady's grandma or, or like a weird race racial Jewish joke or something. Something that only like I would laugh at but I'm like, why did you sacrifice the pussy for this joke? I never understood you.
1: The joke's the most important thing. But what's awesome is for the last two minutes, I thought you said twelve, not twelves, so and I was sitting there thinking, like, what are you talking about? Like I said, like, <laughs> no, I, like I, I didn't catch the s on the end of that. I was like,
0: wait, what? No, no 12, twelve out of ten. Not like okay. twelve. Okay. Yeah. Like you wouldn't bang. No, no, no. You would bang
1: twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Threw me off. I was like, yes. Uh, yeah. no, 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 no. I was wondering, wondering when to interrupt you on that part. Like it, not twelve. So, on this card, by the way, in Columbus,
0: Ohio, which is cool, man. I mean, I don't, I like watching the fights at the apex, but at the same time, there's something missing about all these maniacs in the crowd. Although I don't miss the woohoo, you know, woo, the, the, the Ric Flair. It's like, sure. even Ric Wait, Flair. Wait, this is yeah. Columbus, Ohio? Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. I thought it was in England. No, this week is England. But this, oh, about, okay. Is airing, okay. Cause it's airing yeah, Monday, like- the podcast. So okay. talking about I the you. part of this airing in, in Ohio, which I'm, I'm okay. happy to not hear. I never want to hear that Ric Flair thing again.
1: Even yeah. Ric Flair
0: is like, I'm done. It's like.
1: Yeah, it's played out for sure.
0: Oh, man. But uh, it's Matt Brown versus Brian Barberena. That might be the fight of the year. Either the one guy's going to get knocked out in 12 seconds or it's going to be the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. Because uh, yeah. those two guys. You talk about warriors. Holy shit, man. I mean, these guys are like there's fighters and there's athletes. These guys are good athletes, but I put them in the fighting category first. I mean, they're just fighters. Matt Brown would have been a fighter in UFC one and Brian Barbarino would have been UFC one. Like they're not fighting for for money. Like these guys are just fight. They just fight like these are the toughest guys I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I don't even know who wins this fight.
1: It's I saw crazy. Matt Brown fight. Uh, he fought Chris Lytle, not in the UFC. This is before Matt Brown ever fought in the UFC, so it's the first time I've ever seen him fight. And this is when Lytle was doing really well. Uh, and Chris Lytle's one of the toughest dudes I've ever – like, despite his, you know, 50-50 mark in the UFC, but, dude, he can fight. That dude is no joke. But I saw them fight at a local show um, here in Indianapolis, and I figured Lytle would mock be because he would never fight in UFC, but they went. I want yeah. to say the second or third round and it was a war, man. I was like, dude, that dude's tougher than shit, like watching him fight, you know. And then yeah. he got UFC shortening there after that. But yeah, Matt Brown. Surprised he never got a title shot because I, I heard him in an interview say he used to be on heroin uh, at some point. And so like usually <laughs> that's the uh that's the prerequisite like, from everything I've heard he on this also, show. Like, but...
0: Died five times also. I don't I think he also yeah. was like I don't understand, like you pronounce legally dead and then you come back to life. I it seems like that's becoming more and more of, of like a thing. Fashionable. Like, yeah. yeah, honestly, like, I, I never heard that. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he, he died twice. He died three times. Like, it's becoming now, like, is it? Is this something, am I missing something? I thought when you died, you, you're dead.
1: Uh, like, well, apparently not. And, and they all are, they're thought, all- Adam's like, I thought when you died, you were dead, and then Steve-O does naked backflips, <laughs> All the things are back to, you know, normal. Well, that's the way it goes.
0: Uh, also- Joanne Wood, who Joanne Calderwood is uh who, who, who married her coach John Wood, uh, which is like they got lucky, um, in that situation. She's the sweetest girl ever. I mean, nicest, most like softest voice, like hot voice, tats, cool stepmom. Talk about a cool stepmom because they have a little John has a little kid, and uh, oh, I think I'm pretty sure he has a little boy. Imagine having like a stepmom that's like fights in the UFC. I mean, how bad is how badass would that be? <laughs> yeah. My stepmom used to catch me watching like movies when I was naked. I, I was a little pervert when I was like, like seven or eight. I'd watch like Porky's or you know, and she'd be like, "You want to see someone naked? Look in the mirror, naked." I'm like, "It's not the same. I'm not trying to look at it, my own nine year old dick, like fucking."
1: Right. Naked, you know, but yeah. It was... I thought you were saying that she took her clothes off. Then I was gonna be like, Adam, I don't think that's legal. Like, what happened? No, <laughs> she would yell at me about watch that. I mean.
0: We, we had a really rough relationship growing up, but it got better towards the end, before she died of cancer, it got, you know, we, I mean, it got much better towards, towards the end, but I used to fucking fall asleep on the couch, she'd get off the fucking couch, like I was a dog and fucking like smack, like she just, she never legally adopted me and my sister and that was always a problem, she had her son. I don't want to bore you guys with this. I mean, one day I'll, I'll talk about my fucked up childhood and how I ended up here, uh, <laughs> but I'm not sure this is the time. Um, Alir Latifi is fighting Alexei Olzelnik, who's now 15, 59 wins, 16 losses, and one draw. I mean, damn. And, and he's a guy that always wins by that what that one submission. What's it called again? Like he does. I that. think it's
1: called the worst choke ever. Like I think that's what because I can't believe anyone gets finished with it. It's like an Ezekiel choke or something, right? Like Ezekiel, some wheel. Right, yeah,
0: Ezekiel. Dude. Yeah. He always yeah. wins by Ezekiel, but I think the uh, knocks him out. I, I don't even. This fight's weird. This is like this is like a Bellator main event, or you know, Khabib's uh, Eagle FC or something. By the way, right. I was wrong about so Kevin Lee when he fought Diego. You watched that fight?
1: Yeah, I saw actually a little bit of it. Didn't say the whole thing. Whatever. So he I tore could.
0: his ACL yeah. and doing the first kick of the fight. So oh. you know, props to Kevin Lee for for fighting with a torn ACL. Uh, I know when I tore my ACL. I, I was like Bambi. You know, like I, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't even step on it. I couldn't imagine fighting against Diego Sanchez for three rounds.
1: I thought uh, you were gonna tell me that someone shot your mother when you clear <laughs> RCO. <a> <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. That explains the stepmom. E-
0: exactly. Uh but my mother, I didn't know my mother was till I was three, till I was 21. After like 9-11, I found out where she was. she was alive. I called her up and she she picked up the phone and said, Hello. She was living in Canada. And I was like, like, where have you been my whole life? She's like, here. Uh, and she basically just said, I'm like, well, why didn't you try to find me? She's like, your father had custody. You got to move on with your life. Just hung up. And I uh-huh. just started bawling, dude. Like, I thought What's I was, that? my whole high school, I got sent to this boarding school. Where you had to, like, deal with your problems, talk about your problems. Two hours a day. You had to have an issue. It was insane. But I that was, like, one of my issues. I thought I was done dealing with it.
1: Until that phone right. call. And then I was like, it was like a faucet. But uh, I got a story like that real quick. Um, I knew a fighter one time. He's a local fighter, a really good dude. He told me one time, he said, hey, you know, uh, he was getting ready to fight. And he's kind of like being weird backstage. And he said, you know, uh, or back in the locker room, he said, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up without my mom, right? And I was like, no, I didn't know. He goes, yeah, 12 years old. She had, he didn't know his dad, I guess. Uh, she had custody of uh, him and his little sister. And then he said, I came home one day and she just wasn't there anymore. He said, she just wasn't home. And he said, like, it took me a couple of days to realize she wasn't coming back. He said, so I called the police or whatever. They come find out. I guess she just abandoned him. No one knew where she was. She wasn't a missing person. Just abandoned him and his six-year-old sister. And he said, yeah. He goes, that was 10 years ago, uh, approximately, you know, or whatever. Uh, he said, guess what? I said, what? He goes, she's uh, in the crowd tonight, the front row. Uh, like, he, did, he was fighting, making his MMA debut. Didn't know. She didn't know he was there. He didn't know she was going to be there. It just so happened she was. He hadn't seen her in 10 years since she walked down. And he's like, it's going to be a little hard to fight. And I said, dude, just, I said, afterward, just go up to her and be like, uh, let talk about the good times, you know, like, Hey, you remember Christmas when I was five, you remember this, when my sister was born, you remember this, remember that time you came, home. I came home when I was 12 and you were just gone for like 10 years. And like, I said, just tell him you got, me. like, I really thought you weren't coming back. Like it, like, you know, like played off like it was a joke, you know, I don't know.
0: Anyway, sorry. That's crazy. No, my dude, my wife's father, like she never knew him at all. He was gone before she, she left, she was born. And then, i think she met him once and he was like wanting to come to my comedy show in canada because was like it was in his town and, then, and she told me like on monday that was, I was half asleep or something so then saturday some old guys in the cup and they were with, with a woman i'm like oh how'd you get here you know the whole the whole thing old folks home. and then he's like i'm your wife's father and everyone started like applauding and i just like shit on him before this like 20 minutes and i'm like no 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 clap this guy's a deadbeat i go don't <laughs> and people thought i was kidding I'm like, no, seriously, right. not clap for this guy. And people are like, huh? I'm like, I'm like, where's our wedding gift, you asshole? Like, I just said that from the stage. I got off stage, they handed me like a stack uh, of like money for like our wedding. Right. I mean, it was Canadian, so it was like, you know, six dollars, right. but but uh right. <laughs> yeah, I guilted him into that, but that was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, so Sarah McMahon, speaking who, who is a great mom, two kids, adorable person, nice person. She's fighting Carol Rosa. Uh, I hope Sarah wins. I really do. Sarah's. I feel like Sarah. I mean, she got to the title shot. She was the Invicta champion, I think, and she got to the title. She fought Ronda Rousey. Remember, she lost by knee. I think that was the fight that really cemented Rousey. That and yeah. the and the Cats and Gano fight. Remember, they, people were thinking that
1: Ronda wouldn't lose for ten more
0: years. They were saying right. we're have movies and the TV series and all this yeah. other. Stuff. And look,
1: Rogan thought she could beat half the guys in the 145 pound division of the UFC, and actually believed it. So, I is, mean, that's crazy.
0: You know, right. uh, I mean, looking <laughs> back, but back then people were like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Kayla Harrison. I don't think she can beat guys in the UFC at, at 155, but. She could beat a lot of male pros. I feel like, uh, yeah, not
1: UFC level, but yeah, if she's fighting a local show or something. Um, she I mean, not. she might
0: even be able to catch some some pro, some guys. Though I mean, like I I know uh, the manager. I think it was Ali Abdulaziz, who's like a, a good, you know, high, high level judo black belt. And people they shit on him all the time because of his sometimes of his mm-hmm. antics and you know whatever. I'm not even gonna go into his background because <laughs> me and him are cool, but. Mm-hmm. He was telling me that, you know, when, when she rolled, he rolled with Ronda. It was like, you know, but when he rolled with Kayla, like she's a, a next level. She's a monster, uh, a monster. I, I think that she doesn't get her, her just due because she's in a weight class that there's not that many good girls in there at 55. And on the
1: 45, but you have, have to see it to believe it. I know that uh, there's a video of uh, Ronda just rolling around with Musashi a little bit. Yeah. It's when Musashi was fighting at 170 and it looks like a, uh, like A dad playing with his four year old like, daughter, just throwing her around like she's nothing. Like they're not well, even going close. He's like, I think he was, he, he may have been 185. That's right. Cause he went up to 205. Yeah. I mean, he's bigger than her for sure. But um, it was like, it was a joke watching him, like her trying to do anything to him. It isn't like he's a powerhouse, like strength. But don't you think that, either. like, at that time he fights at 85, he's probably about 210, 215? Uh, he's probably 200, but she was probably 160. <laughs> so I would guess, like, she cut a lot of weight. But yeah. I mean, it's still a man or woman, a lot of weight. But it just, yeah, when you, what's funny is the guys, like, I have a barber that uh, he's cut my hair. He thinks he could beat Ronda Rousey in a fight, like, during her prime. And I was like, dude, you weigh as much as her. You weigh like one hundred fifty five pounds. And I was like, she would kill you. And he's like, there ain't no way, you know. I was like, based on what your your long experience in fighting and training, like what like what skills do you have that would? Make well, you well now you it's well,
0: now it's getting to a point where everyone thinks that Jake Paul can beat up anyone in the world. Like anybody right. <laughs> under anyone <laughs> under eighteen now thinks that Jake Paul would like kill like and uh
1: but <laughs> i hate to say jake it paul's such a genius man he's such a marketing genius it's crazy
0: but it's hard to, it's hard to think but like if jake paul fought ben Askren in mma right. and ben Askren actually trained like he had right. two months to train
1: he would win right i mean even if he didn't train he would murder him yeah he would take him down so fast he wouldn't he wouldn't even know where he was at yeah like he would uh yeah like uh, he would take him down easily if you see there's a video of. Uh, Logan Paul and Paulo Costa playing around wrestling or whatever and sparring, and it's, I mean, it's obvious. And Logan's a big dude, you know, what I mean, an athletic wrestled in the high school, like a state champion or something like that, and yeah, yeah, decent boxer, decent athlete. But yeah, so that's a whole nother level, man. When you're when you well, mix Paulo in the rest,
0: now, uh, he made a tweet defending Putin, really defending <laughs> but saying like right. he's a, you know, you have to respect, he's a it's different. It was like something where it was like, bro, why? Like right. the, dude, the dude is sending fucking missiles. They're, they're blowing up kids, and they're blowing up fucking, you know, shell. it's just crazy to think that in 2022, this is going on. All yeah. the technology that we have, all the medication, all these ways to find happiness that everyone is an expert on, uh, everyone's a life coach now, and everyone, but there are all these... <laughs> Things that can make you happy, whether it's marijuana or just being a good person or going out for a jog or these you know, those things were available 20 years ago. But all these now we're in virtual reality and the metaverse, and all this shit. And they're
1: built. They're fucking bombing women's shelters.
0: It's like mm-hmm. oh, fucking what?
1: Like overall, Dude, it's a I, uh, I, I tell a lot of people, I mean, I know you've been around the world like I have a lot. Of, a lot of people don't really realize how it is, you know, in other countries out there or whatever like it is. I mean, South America, especially and even Mexico is so vicious. It's if you go down to like Tijuana or you know what I mean? If you go across to Juarez down by El Paso, it is it's unbelievable that you can be a half a mile from the United States and people living like that. Like it but, is.
0: Right. But, the, the, but, it's, but it's not even the people, though. It's the government. Because if you go there. Oh, yeah. They're always nice people. Like you go to any restaurant in Mexico, sure. they'll fucking treat you well, or, or or wherever, you know. They'll treat you. I've been all over the world. When I even I've been to the only place that I really wanted to like, leave, like I really was like, get me the fuck out of here, was Saudi Arabia because yeah. they had the religious police walking around there, and that, and and I'm at a restaurant and I'm telling the story and people are like shh. like the tour guide who uh, the military like shh, shh, shh. he's like, dude, they're they're out there making sure that they don't that you don't you know you know, you can't say that you can't curse in public or you can't do this and that. And I'm like, and I'm just like, Yo, gotta <laughs> you know, we got to get like, and they had a place, I don't know if it was real or not, but we're driving past, and there's a place called chop, chop square. They call it right. where you get caught stealing to chop, your arm off. Like and every, right. every Monday, the whole community comes there to watch people lose an arm or a leg or any, <laughs> or a dick if they're somebody or, and you're like, man, like, they said that was really true. I don't know. And then also, I knew that like they were like the hottest Filipino nurses I've ever seen, but they're covered, but like you could tell, like, but uh, they um,
1: <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs>
0: they're covered on the airplane. No, on the airplane, they're, they're, they're you could, they, when they got off, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But they were all on, on like the bases, right? On the, on the American military base. And I'm like, wait, why are, are these girls parting? He goes, oh, he goes, they come for ABC. And I go, what's that? They go, alcohol, bacon, and cock. Because you can't get it anywhere in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> like, right, but they're Filipino? <laughs> they're Filipino, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are they doing in Saudi Arabia? They're working as nurses in oh. Saudi Arabia. And yeah, they're making money. But they can't have alcohol in the country. And they can't have bacon.
1: They should just and, do like, like the rest of Saudi Arabians and go to Bahrain and you can do whatever you want. It like, doesn't matter yeah. what you're Crazy, it's crazy, it's yeah. crazy, it's crazy. All right, um, that's a hell of a callback, Adam, from three weeks ago.
0: Isn't it? <laughs> that's how we do he it. He told here. that story a few weeks ago, of course. Of course, hot dog. Um, also on this card, Max Griffin is fighting Neil Magny. That should be a good fight, uh, a really good fight. I don't know why it's so down on the maybe it's just down on the thing because MMA junkie lists it down, but uh, Max Griffin is he's the guy that made someone's ear explode, remember. He's on a little hot streak. He beat Carlos Condit. He beat Song Canon. He beat the guy Ramiz Brahamiz. He's the guy who's ir- uh, He lost to Alex Oliveira by decision, um, But he's fighting, uh, you know, Neil Magny, who is in every fight. What's up, people? Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land – Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Now, head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code CLNS50 to get started. It's not just basketball, but Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage. In, uh, it's the best in the business, okay? From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Like Neil Magny, I never forget that fight against Hector Lombard. He just beat Jeff Neil, who is a, is a badass. Remember that like, Lombard fight where Lombard almost murdered him and he came back and won? Uh-uh. I don't remember that one. Yeah, it was a crazy fight. Lombard, by the way, signed with Eagle FC, so he's part of Eagle FC. They, yeah. You remember that guy that beat Lombard in bare knuckle boxing? The guy that was like, you could now have your belt back. Remember, he was like the deep. Yeah. Well, he's
1: fighting Joe Riggs in bare knuckle boxing. Really? that, yeah. that so, seems about right. <laughs> so they're going to this card. That's weird. They're going to Columbus, Ohio, with like a fight night style card. I thought they would do like a pay per view. Like it's a. Uh, it reminds me when they came when I when I fought in Indianapolis. They came and they did a pay per view there and that's the card i was on like ufc 119 and the place was like 18,000 people packed man and then they try to come back like a year or two later and they did a fight night there and i requested tickets and they gave me literally the highest seats in the entire arena like it was Uh, eighth row there was only 2800 people there so like there was no one in the upper deck except me when i walked to my seats and like i like i brought a girl with me and i looked like the like biggest loser ever like oh yeah i got us tickets the, like a mile from the cage no one else sitting up there so we just moved down they didn't even bother to check the ticket there were so few people there so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh.
0: but uh you know i will whatever who cares i mean she, I, I guarantee you got laid that night right
1: nope no nah, she um that's a long story but yeah um got on my nerves so she got the boot
0: so. dude nothing was worse when i would take a girl to my comedy show and if i bombed uh yeah. i'd be in the worst mood ever and I just would fuck I just I would just I, I especially in the beginning of my career, it would just be nothing but self pity. And I just, I remember one time I had a threesome and I was so angry because we had these, we had this show. I got spot in the beginning, I, I was running the show at a club and some porn star that I knew wanted to do comedy. So I put her on the flyer or something. And then all of a sudden there was a line on down the block. It's like in the MySpace days, like you know, like everybody <laughs> yeah. was like wanted to see. It. So I'm like, why don't I just have porn stars tell jokes in between, you know? So we did it at one club, mm-hmm. and the club was like, they better not be naked, blah blah blah. And it, it was cool, but it was like finally like so then I went to this like place, I think it was called Forbidden City, and like the Russian mob allegedly owned it or something. And and I was working with Casey Armstrong from the Howard Stern Show who had just fallen off the wagon, and, and it was just this other guy named T-Real, who's a black porn star. And we got, like, the, the – we weren't getting the Jenna Jameson's. We were getting, like, the Gonzo girls that, like, you know, it was like the <laughs> girls that, like, 50
1: dudes jerk off. Of. It was like because- – I didn't even know Gonzo was into porn. That's weird. I had no idea. Yeah,
0: it was – they're called Gonzo. Right? We were, like – it was like that – when you look deep into the – you know, one girl would – like, her claim to fame, but she put a baseball bat up her, her ass. Like, like, those kind of chicks, right? So – Right away, we make like $30 at the door, right? We start covers. And KC is hosting it, gives away all our money to any girl that would like down lube, like fake lube, like like. So from, from the crowd. Some girl came on stage and then it was like, dude, then it was, I went on and the crowd was like a black biker gang, like the Rough Riders. And then it was just some weird people. <laughs> And then it was, it was, they were not laughing. Uh, like my son of the Rough Riders laughing, but it was a hard crowd. I'm like, Oh my God. Like the stars are going to struggle up here. Right. So then they, they go on stage and one girl's like, you know, I'm all, that girl wouldn't serve me that fucking bartender up there. You know what? Guess what? I'm only 18 and that girl fucking served me or I'm 19 and just starts fucking downing shots. So now like, like she's announced that she's underage drinking. It was just crazy. Right. <laughs> And then Greg Wilson goes on stage and he's doing well. And then some other girl jumps on stage while he's on stage and she spreads her legs and she's like, hey, why don't you go down? And she had like bad acne in her face and down there. And he and he goes, I've been to some places, but I'm not going in Devil's Canyon, right? But like, <laughs> I thought it was a great line. Dude, right. then it, the girls all jumped on stage and started wrestling with each other. And then like one girl like took a, the mic stand and threw it in the crowd. And that broke a girl's Blackberry who had a Blackberry, you know? And it was just right. like, cracked it so i had to go you get the porn star to pay 300 dollars for the blackberry or a sidekick that's how he looked back it was dude people left that show like it was they didn't know what, it was like 9-11 they didn't know what was going on they just it was like a fog <laughs> of like just other people were like this is the greatest show ever like when's your next show it was insane like it I was, was say,
1: it just sounds crazy. like an mma event i would promote but <laughs> yeah dude anyway I I the rough so- Riders wouldn't have been there
0: I was so mad about this show. Uh, Two of the girls were like, hey, come back with us and have like a threesome. And I was still angry during the threesome. That's how pissed I was. Like, uh, I don't even know why I told this story. It really didn't go anywhere. This is why I don't tell stories. Anyway, uh, by the way, speaking of strippers, we have a girl uh, who's a fighter who who used to be an exotic dancer. um, And she won her first PFL fight, knocked the other girl out. She also does pro wrestling. She's hot. She's a bigger girl, like not bigger, but like she's she's not like one hundred and five pounds. She likes to think of one fifty five and she's jacked. She's supposed to be joining us. She goes, she goes by the word Deserita, and she won her first PFL fight, which, by the way, I was right. We're now uh, Tyron Woodley, Jeremy Piven and uh, the football player, what's his name, the guy that uh, Ray Lewis get to. They, they decided who would get the contract in uh, the PFL. Right. Um not really the natural,
1: the natural panel of judges I would choose if I was trying to pick a good fighter.
0: I think the crowd too also uh gets to vote if you should get right. the contract. And I'm pretty sure she got the contract, this girl. Uh, but we're waiting for her. I know she just she just got a fight announced, so she's uh she's talking. All right. So also also coming up in, uh in by the way, UFC two seventy-three, this main event, Korean zombie versus Volkanovski. I don't know. I I don't see it seems like the, the zombie always loses the big ones. Like he gets there and he looks great against like the, the guys right under the, the number one guys. Like he looked great against Dan Ige his last fight. He lost to Ortega 50, 45s. He beat Frankie Edgar. He knocked him out. That kind of pissed me off. He knocked out Hanada Mocano. He lost to Rodriguez might've been the best fight ever. I don't think he's going to have much for Volkanowski. Call me crazy. I just think the Volkanowski beats him almost everywhere.
1: What do you think? Yeah, Volkanovski man has shocked me his last several fights. man. I never thought he was that good. Like I thought he was going to get murdered by Ortega. Um, every time I see him fight him, like he's going to get beat. Sure enough, man, he looked really, really good against Ortega. Like uh, Ortega's good, man. He's he's no joke. So yeah, you know, um, yeah, I would think Volkanovski easily.
0: Uh, then that Aljamain versus Peter Jan That's the fight I want to see. I want to see. You know, Aljamain did not look great in that last one. I mean, he he lost every round before the illegal knee. Um, but I think that, uh, I think now people, but it's one of those things where if you have a really off night and you still win, you know, I, I wonder if he could make the adjustments because we've seen him look amazing. I mean, Al like when he beat, uh, what's the name in one round, remember he beat that one guy who was like amazing. And he beat him quickly. Uh, Corey Sanhagen in one round, a minute and 28 seconds.
1: I'd like to see him do at least a better job of faking an injury if he gets deep when he's on the ground again. He could at least improve that because that, that should not have stopped that fight. I don't know what Jan was thinking when he did it, man. It's, uh, that blew my mind. Like, when I went and fought in Poland um, or Japan, they said no elbows. Like, it wasn't, an, it wasn't much of an adjustment. I like, oh, I just can't use my elbows. I didn't elbow anybody on accident or anything, you know, like to, to train and fight as many times as Jan has. Like, when are you kneeing people in the head on the ground? Like, not in practice, not in fights in UFC. So, all of a sudden, you just do it during a fight? Like, I don't, I don't get it, man. I'm looking forward to this fight though. I don't know why.
0: I'm curious. I I think Aljamain can pull it off. I hope he does. He's a he's a friend of mine. He came and coached my wrestling team for little kids. He's a really really good guy. I, I do. I, I just wonder what's going to happen. I'm curious because that was probably I think the worst version of Aljamain I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I won't, but one judge had him winning, right? Didn't one judge had him winning? Which is um, crazy?
1: Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't know where they're getting these judges, man, but it's ridiculous. Like it, it's always been that way against the FC, but they need to figure something out. I don't know.
0: Um, Chamayev versus Burns. Now the word on the street is Chamayev is just destroying Darren Till in practice, and that Chamayev is just on a different level. That he's just—they're talking about him like. They used to talk about other, you know how like remember back in the day like it was Overeem was the guy they'd be like oh this right. is, or um Hector when before Hector get lost and Bellator they're like there were certain guys that like you just were just excited to see what they would do um and you
1: they would, used to talk about Ben Askren like that too which always surprised me guy before he's the UFC people I trained with him I'd be like is Askren legit they'd be like dude he's unreal you know like people James Kraus told me that Kraus said he fucked me up man when they trained with each other you know or whatever he said it wasn't even close so yeah it didn't didn't translate that well but um well it
0: did uh, I think I think the hip surgery uh the knee surgery I think those one FC fights um you know I wonder if Ben Askren who just left Bellator who got cut for no reason literally no I mean I've never seen a guy (laughs) with the champion get cut for being too boring like and a guy who had a huge wrestling following it wasn't like he was a guy that like no offense to people from Dagestan, but like, no one knew and had a weird name and, and people just couldn't really connect with. No, this was like a guy that legit was a two time Haas Trophy winner, two time Nash champion that wrestlers all love. Like people love Ben Aspin. Yeah. I
1: well, that it was funny the, too. He came and met with the UFC and they like Dana sat down with him for 10 minutes because, yeah, we're not interested. Like he went all the way there to meet with them just to hear, we're not offering you a contract. Like it's like, wow, Belder doesn't want me. The UFC doesn't want me. Like that was a mistake, I think.
0: I, I wanted it because I don't think. I just want to see how Askren would do. I, and I yeah. think he would have done a lot better if they not put him against Mosfidal. I mean, the Robbie Lawler fight was crazy too. That, yeah. that slammed on his, on his head.
1: I mean, yeah, he like, flip
0: flops and, and then, but then he came back and won by bulldog choke, but not yeah. really.
1: Yeah, but he didn't tap or get you know, pass out. Yeah. That was a, that was a mess. That was one that Herb Dean did blow, man. Like I know, uh, Basvidal didn't like Herb Dean now, but, um, yeah, he blew that one, man. That, uh, Robbie Walder, if he doesn't tap, he's not going to die from being out for two seconds. Like, you could have given him a chance to see if he got out of it. I,
0: we, yeah,
1: you have to relax when you're in a choke. So it may look like you're passing out, but it's to relax. That's what guys do. They just completely relax so you can, you know, you're not burning oxygen when you can't breathe. So.
0: It's crazy. I was at that fight sitting with Jay Haran, who was the one guy oh, yeah. who almost beat Ben Askren, who I still think won that fight. We were watching that together at the event, and he was like, dude, this guy – he, he he's so strong. He looks so doughy and whatever, but he just has this weird strength. And uh, yeah. and then we watched that. And we're like, what? And then he came back, and it was like almost comical because he's like, Dana, that's the best you got. I'm like, dude, you almost got that fight. Could have been stopped like three or four times. Yeah. Like no, nobody yeah. would have really nobody would have complained that that fight was stopped. I don't even think Askren might have not. He'd be like,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what's weird that Herb would stop it on that choke so fast because he let Askren almost, you know, like he had his head knocked off. Like he wasn't stopping it for that, but then you get in a choke. And it was funny, man. When I first time I ever traded Street Couture, I went there with Matt Matron and Jay Haran and uh, Forrest Griffin came up and talked to me. And it, it blew my mind that they knew who I was. Like as weird as that sounds, like I only fought in UFC like once or twice. Like, hey, Sean, what's up? I was like, that's weird. Because to me, I thought they wouldn't even know who I am. You know what I mean? Like just some – you know yeah. undercard guy but that always like when randy couture knew who i wasn't or don fry same thing who i wasn't blew me away so
0: yeah jay haran is one of the nicest coolest people i've ever met in my life uh yeah. just as a good dude he has so many funny stories did you ever hear that story about baroni and johnny hendrix huh so randy remember that team takedown it was like johnny Hendricks and i think it was like it was like all those young wrestlers that and a lot of them were like ASU guys. It was like Ryan Bader, Johnny, TV yeah. e. Dalloway. So there was a guy that had like team takedown in Oklahoma. Basically it was yeah, like, I think
1: he paid him or something, right? Like paid him a salary. He and gave it a salary place. and it
0: was sort of like, communism in a way over there where like like they split everyone's purse so that like which in theory was great but like if one guy's making a billion dollars and everyone else you're like i'm sure hendrix was like what the fuck why am i paying Dalloway? at at a certain point you're like but his basically thought was like like one of those things like where in theory it sounds kind of cool but then it doesn't always work so they were going they were in vegas team takedown and randy forgot to tell the guys at Extreme, this is how I heard it. Like Pyle, Jay Haran, Baroni. I think maybe Forrest was there, and uh that Bonner. That these guys were coming, so they just walk in the gym, start using all the things, and now that they're, they're like, well, who the fuck are these guys? Like, like, like it's like fucking like, looking, like <laughs> we're being like Jim and we being like Dojo Storm like back in the day. So they start like, hey, let's do some sparring, right? And at this time, like Johnny Hendricks is mostly just like a wrestler, but he's a right four time national finalist, a two-time national champion, I mean, not just he's an amazing wrestler, but and a very good eater. Yeah, rather good eater. So he gets in there with Baroni. And I guess like he lands a hard one on Baroni. And it's like lights, supposedly kind of light sparring, but Baroni head kicks him and just lays him out like fucking, like knocks him out with a head kick. Like like immediately. And people are like, oh they have to kind of bring him back to fucking life. Like yeah, fucking Baroni. <laughs> like
1: he died twice while he
0: was out. <laughs> which yeah, I mean, Johnny Hendricks was one of those guys that like, I don't know if he ever really liked fighting. Like, I think he was just really good at fighting. And I also think he got robbed in that, that, that GSP fight. Cause yeah, he probably
1: deserved that one.
0: Yeah. I, that was a weird one. I, I still think he won that fight. And I think that that was a style that would give GSP problems because Hendricks was such a good wrestler. But then Hendrix would go on to like lose fights to guys that you were like, like what? Uh, Like how did that, you know, like it just, it didn't seem like Hendrix really like, dude, I remember him being the champion I was in Las Vegas. My my charge is about to die by the way. So I was in Las Vegas and uh, it was like international fight week. Maybe it was like 2014 and Hendrix is the champ and he's walking around double fisting it, two beards beyond drunk at like every hour you saw him he was drunk like he was drunk at noon he was drunk at two he was drunk at four and, and this is like when he's the UFC champion just wasted not knowing it was just nice to everybody but just partying with everybody and you, you're like you can't believe he this is the like it was cr- big fucking beer gut and I remember my friend was like sitting down with him and he's like yeah you know I just want to make enough money to have a farm and like just raise my family. Like, like that's my goal. Like, like his goal was never to become like the, the greatest. And I guess he did that. Uh, basically, he just sort of made enough money to, to, to do what he wants to do. But uh,
1: Hendrix, Should have bought himself a couple ten thousand dollar pit bulls and started a breeding business. That's what I heard yeah. all the smart guys do. Fuck
0: okay. it. Hendrix, so. man. I remember actually, dude, I was in a, I did a show at OSU, Oklahoma State University. And I the first one was at a sorority house. And I'm and I'm and it was like they're all wearing like pajamas. It was like three sororities, and I was like super offensive back then, way more than I am now. And one girl's like, "This joke's are offensive." And the other girl goes, "Sit down, bitch. No one cares what you think." And they start like fighting in the crowd, like arguing. And like I won them over. One of the greatest nights ever, right? Yeah. Then my agent's like, "Oh, I booked the second show for you." Like, Fuck, I want to sit at the sorority house. I go there. It's at like people are playing like fake poker. You're like they're not even really playing poker. Like it's like fake poker. Mm-hmm. A, and they put me on a chair in the middle of a cafeteria nobody's listening and i'm like calling them all like you guys listen college is not going well for you guys like you guys are here like this so that night i like i pretty much bomb that night i'm drunk i'm not I, I think i had a couple drinks i'm not even drunk i'm by myself at a bar in oklahoma like drinking after this show like which i, I never out the bars on myself or even drink. that's how bad the show went i look over and there's a guy with just fucking ears out to hear, right and I'm like, oh, you guys wrestle? And at this time, I hadn't followed college wrestling in a long time. And the guy was like, yeah, hey, you know. And it was this guy named Zach Esposito. He was, like, ranked second He second in the country. He's like, yeah, man, I'm on the wrestling team, and this is my boy. And it was this boy, Steve Mako. And I don't remember Mako. He was, like, yeah, a was champion. Well, he's yeah, like, I went to a legend at military gym or something, I
1: think. He's,
0: like, the head wrestling coach at American Top Team, like, forever. Like, he, yeah. he was the man. So, they're like, yeah, come out with us. So we go out, and there's a fucking guy with his shirt off, drunk, like bumping into the walls. he's like, That guy, he won the Nationals this year. It's Hendrix. Like, fucking, that's Johnny <laughs> Hendrix in college, right? Right. So then, dude, it was kind of funny. So we go back to this guy's, like, tra- they're living in trailers, like le- like legit trailers. They're like, oh, this, right. is our- this, is where- this is where we live. I'm like, You live in a trailer? Like, I didn't, I-, I thought, I don't know. I just thought there'd be like a house or something. But it was a n- nice trailer, but like, that's where the rest of the pup, right? See, they each have one. And we're talking, and we're having like the best time. And the the one Ezito like loved Opie and Anthony back then. So he, I'm like, oh, I'm friends with Jim Norton. Really, so I called Jim Norton and ta- he talks to him, and it was like he was like, you know, starstruck. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Mako, I I remember watching a documentary on ESPN about Iowa wrestling, where the one guy he, he was like, on the team, his father went to jail for like being a like legit mobster and he just got out of jail and now he was baking paid pizzas for the whole team or he's been like years in jail and it was the heavyweight and he, but you like but you like the guy like it was something really cool about the guy right so yeah. um i'm gonna get a charger before this thing falls. so, so he's running the iowa mafia yeah no no it was the guy's from jersey it was a jersey guy. Oh, okay. so <laughs> so we're sitting there and we're talking and we're having fun i'm trying to get a charger while i tell this story
1: yeah. yes yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're going to leave? Yeah. Okay. So thank you. So I'm sitting there with all the guys. And I'm like, hey, whatever happened to that guy from Iowa who was the heavyweight, whose dad was a mobster? And he's like a nice guy. And meanwhile, that was Mako. He transferred to Oklahoma State. Like I asked about the guy whose dad was a mobster to the guy whose dad was a mobster. Like, <laughs> that's awesome, <awful. laughs> yeah. dude. There was this fucking silence, right? There was silence, and all of a sudden, they all start laughing. Like, they all start, and I'm like, What? He's like, That's me. <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, man. And like, he's "No, no, It's all good. These are the coolest guys ever, right? So then they went on it, and then uh, they wrote the next day, I'm uh, like, That Monday, as me and Zach are still friends, and, and Zach hits me up that Monday, he's like, Bro, check out my school paper, and it was. Comedian offends entire student body. <laughs> like That's awesome. Front cover, like if you missed Adam Hunter's comedy show, he made jokes about race and sex and drugs, and just it was like the best promo ever. Like I'd want to watch that and be like, "Oh shit, I should have missed that show." But it was crazy. That, <laughs> I wish I still had the article. <laughs> That's dude, awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah, that was fucking mock. one of the, a couple of times I did that. There was a girl that used to I used to roll with who was a stripper, and she was like super hot. And uh, but she was crazy. Like, that, I won't say she's crazy. She had some issues, right? She was like, and I'm like, I asked her out. She, she wanted nothing to do with me, but, but my, my friend banged her like in like the bathroom of a bar. So anyway, so another friend comes to my comedy show and they're like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you know, she this person and we're hanging out. I'm like, yeah, she's like, oh, I'm like, you're from Legends. Oh, cool. I, I trained the Legends. Whatever happened to that girl that, that was a stripper that my buddy banged in the bathroom and it was her. And like, she looked way different. She changed her name. And I'm like, oh no, dude, that was so fucking, the rest of the night I was like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't
1: know that you So needed- she went from cinnamon to Mercedes or something. like. Yeah, it was like day that. Day. It, was just, it was rough, dude. It was, it was rough. That reminds me, dude, of the time. It's a long story, but basically I was on an airplane and the guy next to me, his breast felt like shit. So I write on Facebook. I don't know. Um, I know for sure what the guy sitting next to me on the plane Detroit had for dinner. I just didn't know Detroit airport had a shit sandwich shop you know or whatever so the guy starts talking to me and i'm trying not to talk to him he starts asking me if i'm coming out to what i'm going out to las vegas for he's going to a ufc fight blah blah. i said yeah he goes you look like you could fight i said yeah i fight he's like ufc i was like yeah and i'm talking to him he asked me what my name was and so i kind of laid my head to the side and some turbulence wakes me up and he's got my facebook page pulled up and uh, the first line in my status is on there saying his breath smells like shit, like the shit oh, sounds or whatever. Gosh. He was my head on Facebook. I was like, no, 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 no. That's my fan page here. And I took his phone from him, dude, because I was like, I am not riding another three hours next to this dude after he reads. I just talk shit about him on, you know, Facebook. Oh, but I, I didn't think he would even be able to smell like spell my name correctly to find me on Facebook. But, yeah, I kept hitting refresh on his phone. It was a nightmare. But, yeah, that was a. Uh, that was a, uh, I don't know. I'd love to see my face then because I looked down. And I was like, wait, that's my Facebook page. So I was like, Holy shit. That's my status. Like he's getting ready to read. So, oh no. Like, yeah. You know,
0: dude,
1: I, I mean, I've done that where I've sent
0: the wrong text to the wrong person, like shitting on that person. And then right, right, yeah. like, LOL, ha ha. I'm, I'm really working <laughs> on that right now. Of, um, my new goal. First of all, I'm working on not having to like prove myself to people because I'll meet people. And for some reason, I always think I have to tell them how I'm doing in life. Like, if I don't let them know that I just did this, that, and this, and that, then they're going to go and think I'm a failure or that they're going to go and be like, oh, I was not doing that well. Like, I have to not have to prove myself to every single fucking person. I've been doing that since I was like, I don't know, three. Uh, So that's a habit to break. And then also I'm working on not, which I know these things, and it sounds terrible even saying it out loud, but. For some reason like i have to like with my dad i'll tell my dad oh i can't believe my sister did this like i have to like s- still seek his approval by shitting on my sister or something i, I love right. my, sister, she's my best friend but i'm like why do i have to get- he's not gonna like me better by me doing that it's like 43 i should be not doing this shit anymore uh right. but that was i would just blame your stepmom
1: <laughs> it'd be easier <laughs> blame her for how you turned out in any
0: meanwhile, talk to yourself for a second i gotta see this girl coming on the show
1: All right, so See you later. All right, here we go.
0: I just stepped
1: in cat shit. So the thing about Brendan Schaub is, it would be okay if Schaub knew that he wasn't funny, but he (laughs) thinks he's the second coming of Richard Pryor, so that's why I have an issue with him to a degree. All right, so
0: she's coming on, Deserita, who, by the way, also, um, she goes by Desiderata. in, um, on Instagram, but her name is not that it's, uh, Jessalyn Michelle on Facebook. So I don't know what she's doing as far as her fights. Um, because she, I don't know if she's going by her wrestling name or her stripper name or, or what, but she's not a stripper anymore. She just, she did it. Basically she, she ran away from home or something and she was on her own. She needed money. She started dancing and then she started doing pro wrestling, she trains. She's got a crazy life, this girl. Super cool. Like just one of these people that you feel like, like you want her to succeed. You know, like, like if she had yeah. a movie, I'd, I'd watch this movie about her life. Um, that's how I felt about, uh, I forgot who I talked to the other day. that was like that. There was a, oh, they, I had a, a girl that was an adult film star who was super cool. Like just like the coolest. And you and, supported her by watching her movies. Dude, she was in Dude, one of her movies was uh like the 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 biggest gangbang ever part 2, right? And I was like, I didn't see the first one. Do I have to watch the first one to catch up? Is it like the Matrix where you won't understand, you know, like kind of a thing. Yeah. She, she didn't laugh at all uh, at that one yeah. at all. She but she was really cool, but she was out there. Like this girl, she's fucking like yeah jasmine st Clair. but this girl's life she comes on the podcast i didn't know this about her she basically she went to columbia super smart and then she married country or the university the university and then she she was with this guy and she got into arrested for insider trading for three million dollars and then while she was at columbia she was stripping so she she basically got kicked out of wall street Became a porn star and then became like the biggest porn star ever. Like one of the like a major, she got like an AVN award, but then she, she got in some bad relationships. She ended up in ECW wrestling somehow. And then after that, like it just kept getting, she was homeless, and now she's into politics, and she's sort of like she's got a crazy story. Just it was one thing after another. Um, but uh I was like, dude, you gotta make a movie on your life because holy shit, like she was a Howard Stern and but she said it wasn't like the the, the biggest gangbang. It was like 301 people, but it was only like 40 people. But some of them came back with like mustaches. Like it was the same person,
1: you know, like they just came. Back. That's Hollywood for you. Those props. <laughs> so here it goes. I wonder if your one buddy from Las Vegas was in it. She
0: said a couple of guys like. A uh, the, the couple of police pizza delivery guys came. said it looked like an insane, insane asylum. A couple of cute guys that were like Marines. But one guy ran up to her like 10 years later and he's like, Hey, remember me? And she said,
1: No, he was like, Number like, I don't recognize you without the fake mustache. No, I don't. If
0: you have a number like one, I was 147, you know, kind of a thing. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you don't want to be last on that line. Like, it's like, right. I, I like a gang band. You have to be first. You have to be first or nothing. You don't want to. I, I just can never do it. I couldn't have another guy, in there. Yeah. like even in my porn.
1: I, I, I don't think it matters what number you are at that point. Like <laughs> if you're if you're if you're one of three hundred that day, it's probably not going to be not really rolling the dice.
0: But uh, but not the three of them. But they didn't. Cl- she said if you if you grabbed her tit, she counts that as a guy I, or something. It wasn't even like that because I was like they have to they have to be they have to finish. Because I mean she would still be there. They have to finish. Right. You know? I don't think I could finish at all if I knew that there was two hundred eighty guys that just like you know that would get. Right. Me. That would get in my head, you know, just couldn't, couldn't really.
1: Anyway, I anyway. see you really thought this through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if this girl's coming on. I don't, come on, Deserita, uh, Deserata. I hope she's coming. I like her. She's a cool chick.
1: Do uh, you have her under the other, her other name in your phone.
0: Uh, man, where, where, I don't even, I used to have, before, before Zoom I had people's phone numbers and I could just call them and be like, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, you can't even call these people. I don't know their numbers anymore. Um. All right, so we'll just keep going, and then a couple more things, and then if she doesn't come, fuck it. I think people were entertained by this one. I know they were. Uh, so MMA, all right, here we go. Uh, yeah, how is McGregor? What is he thinking? Come on, dude. He's not getting a title shot. There's no way. I mean, I, I can see the UFC doing that, but uh, maybe if they make him and Usman coaches on The Ultimate
1: Fighter, right. going, then maybe they could sell it that way. I think the only way they would do anything like that is if they thought it was going to be one of Connor's last fights, you know, or whatever. Because they don't he don't want to keep stacking up the losses. He's only gonna have drawing power if he wins occasionally. You know, he can't just keep losing. So you like Jamayev or Gilbert Burns? Uh man from everything I've heard about Jamayev, probably him, but we'll be interested to see the first time adversity. Um, because when uh, it's great when you're the guy beating everybody up, but first time someone, you know, fights back, it's uh it kind of shows a lot of uh guys' characters. But I think uh Dude, he seems psychotic, so I doubt he's, like, you know what I mean, a pussy. Like, he seems like he would fight to the death. So he'll probably be fine with some adversity.
0: So, uh, yeah. Mackenzie Dern is fighting Tisha Torres. Oh, man. Mackenzie Dern was so nice at the award show. I made, like, 10,000 jokes about her, either missing weight or the fake accent or – and then when I met her, said, oh, nice to meet you! And I wanted to be like, uh, hey, my name is Adam, and I'm sorry, I just wanted to say right. I'm like, I'm like a poly- like she was <laughs> such a sweetheart. Her daughter is two years old and the cutest thing, and she's playing with my daughter. They're running back and forth, having the best time ever. But then she does jujitsu, her daughter, like she takes you to practice. She kept taking right. down my daughter, or she kept pulling guard. <laughs> I, I, my three-year-old's looking at her like what? Like, she's, but she's laughing about it, like pulling guard and laughing and like going for but looking for like guillotines. My kid doesn't know what this this is. Like, she doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, she has had a wrestle kind of, but even the rest I go let's wrestle. I go and then I let her pin me and go, and the winner and I raise her hand. You know, it's like you know,
1: it's right funny. before Herb Dean jumps in and stops it.
0: <laughs> He's like enough. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum is fighting. Nasr-Din Kelvin needs a win. Come on, Kelvin, please. Uh, He just beat Edmund Shabazian by TKO ground and pound. He knocked out Ian Heinish. Oh, man, this dude's tough. Is he
1: back at 70 or is he still trying to fight at 185?
0: That is a good question. This fight, they're saying it's going to be at 85. Uh, God, if
1: Gaston would get to 70, man, he would be so much better. Like, he just don't have the frame to fight those guys, man.
0: Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, it's just, He said he was gonna go down. Um, man, Arena Donna versus Aspen Lad. That's a good fight. Uh, Marcin Tabara is taking on Rosenstruck. Oh, that's a good fight. Yeah, both those guys have like the worst fight IQ, uh, and they hit fucking hard as hell. Uh, I like that fight a lot. Um, yeah. remember Rosenstruck is another guy though. Like everyone's like, this is the guy. And I'm like, dude, guys had four fights. Like, you can't say he's the guy with four fights. There's no fucking way. And unless the guy has like 120 amateur kickboxing fights or pro kickboxing fights, or comes from another where you're like, even then, it's just fucking crazy. Now, uh, Mickey Gall is fighting Michael Malat. I don't know who Mike Malat is. Uh, He goes by the Main Attraction, and I don't know who he is. So he's got to fix that. Um, He's also on the Um, but whatever. Uh, Let's go, Mickey. And then uh, Michael Madsen, Mark Madsen, not Michael Madsen, Mark Madsen, who's that guy. He's like 11 or no. He was like the Olympian. I think he was uh, from Denmark. His nickname is the Olympian. He's the guy that like has amazing Greco Roman, but he, he beat Clay Guida. But I thought Clay won that fight. He's fighting our our guy, Vince Pichel. I hope Vince wins. I really do. Uh, I really hope Vince wins. Uh, Yeah. I like
1: Vince man a lot from being on the podcast with him.
0: He was such a good dude. I mean, Vince is one of those guys that, like, if I ever killed somebody, I'd call you, uh, right. I'd call Don Fry, I call Vince, anyone, any one of our co-hosts. Uh, I probably would have called Mayhem too. Uh, but, but by the way, I have not heard from Mayhem. People keep asking me. He hasn't called me. He called me once from jail, and I couldn't. I didn't know where he was. Uh, I, I like I, you know, the calls from like a block number and right. a machine, and it just says an inmate at blah 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 blah, blah penitentiary wants to make a collect call um but that was it uh you know i don't know i mean hopefully jason gets the help he needs man you know beyond talented that kid what a fucking waste what a waste mm-hmm. but i guess you know the problem with madness is it goes both ways right like some people they could ch- funnel their madness and use it to do great things and other people just fucking
1: can't get out of their own way he's so smart it's hard for me to believe he messes up in life like that you know what i mean because like he's an intelligent guy man when you talk to him like he's bright you know so it's like it's weird that a guy his age would be getting in trouble too when he's in his late thirties, early forties, you know, as opposed to, um, usually they get in trouble when they're young guys like him, you know, like a bunch, it's, it's just strange, man.
0: Well, it's one of those things that I think is like, um, you know, you, uh, when you, when you put things together, right? Like getting punched in the head can't be good for your brain. don't really right. And then yeah. drugs aren't good for your brain. I know there's some certain psychedelic mushrooms or marijuana, but those aren't the drugs he was taking. Okay. That made him nuts. So let's say those drugs can't be good for your brain. And then alcohol, you know, yeah. and I think when you combine all three of them, it's like, it's yeah. like one plus one equals 20. It's not, it's not one plus one plus one equals three. It's, it's, a, especially with a guy like him who comes from a family of like, you know, his dad was a fucking helicopter pirate, um, pirate, pilot, <laughs> that he is crazy. pilot <laughs> by the way, uh, helicopter pilot in Vietnam, like jumped yeah. out of planes, like, like. And it's just, I just think that like, he used to tell me that he was on, he had a chemist at one point that was making him drugs that weren't on the market. Uh, <laughs> like call me nuts, but that's not, you shouldn't have
1: your own chemist. Uh, <laughs> that's a, uh, that's convenient. If you could find it, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, unless you're
0: a chemist, I don't think you should have it. I mean, see, he was giving him drugs. I'm like, bro, I remember he, one time he, he opened up my, my, my drawer, which I had all kinds of like antidepressant medication and like, you know, I had, you know, you know, muscle relaxers from when I was sick or something or, you know, Vicodin from when I was hurt. He's like, Oh dude, I just want to take all these right now. And like, if I wasn't there, I, I have a feeling he would just fucking scoop it up, you know? And like, bro, you, what, Are we doing here? You know. So, but when Jason is sober, fuck. I mean, and that's the most frustrating thing. One thing, if he was like fucked up when he was sober, and fucked up when he's fucked up, you're like this guy's fucked up. But when a guy is so amazing when he's sober, but so fucking horrible when he's on drugs, and I'm not blaming the drugs because you're eventually. It's not like he didn't know. You can't claim, oh, I was 17. I didn't. I didn't know the like, dude. I was so stupid that I didn't think that I could get a girl pregnant. But I was when I was eight, when I was younger, I did I, I, come on, I'm not gonna get pregnant. Like granted, it's my fault, right? But but you can't claim that you were a young kid, you know, right. experimenting. But you could I but I'll give a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, a seven year old a pass. I shouldn't at 17, but I will. Maybe I'm just too lenient. When you're 40 years old and you've been arrested, and you've done serious time or time. Eventually, it's like,
1: bro, like, you come on. Yeah, that's the. I don't know, man. I always, uh, people would kind of give me a hard time because I, I never, like, I was never, I didn't drink the first time I was like twenty five, in my life, like, never drank, never did anything because I was always like, if I don't know what I'm missing, it won't be hard not to do, you know. So that's why I still have never tried cocaine. I would never try heroin. I would never anything because I was like, I've, everybody I've ever talked to did cocaine. Said it's the greatest experience you'll ever have in your life, and you'll miss it every day if you you know don't do it so i was like i don't need do that in my life you know so i always stayed away from uh from anything did, like that okay
0: three times in my life one time it was off a stripper's breast, uh then off his cock you no, it was just like a fucking hot chick was that good. was like i was living in new york did a line and then I, I banged her i was like dude that's come on if you're gonna do it and then with another guy i did it with who then tried to tell me that he wanted to have sex with me well, and I was like, No, I'm into girls. He's like, Well, you bang her and I'll fuck you from behind. He was a celebrity. I like, Still no. Um
1: seems like a fair compromise.
0: Uh, oh, I thought I was gonna get a buffer <laughs> joke there.
1: But so then um <laughs> you, you're losing it, Sean. You're you it. I know. I I kick it myself right now. The the um, five the three minute section where I was trashing kind of used up all my ammo. So we on in the
0: other room. So that was the second time it didn't get me that high. It got me so low the next day. I yeah. was I felt true d- depression. I was I've been depressed when my dog died, when my stepmom died. I mean, I, I've been depressed before. This was a, a fucking like depression, like I haven't felt in a long time when I did cocaine. And then I was like, well, maybe I should do more coke, I'll get, I'll get up again. You know, like, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know if it's the high. I think it's the low. But that's me. Right. That was how it affected me. And like, other people are different.
1: Well, you know that's what man. A lot of people don't know that, but people that are on heroin and stuff. They're just—they're not even trying to get high again. They're trying to keep the withdrawals off. You know what I mean is what they're trying to do. So a lot of them are desperate trying to find anything to stop the withdrawals because the withdrawals are so terrible. You know.
0: Yeah, hundred. Uh, percent So it
1: isn't even the high. It's just not—not not going through withdrawals. You know.
0: And I'm sure painkillers is the same thing.
1: Oh uh, uh, yeah, it's—it's it's a lot of fun. Um, if uh, your doctor will only prescribe you about ten percent what you need, it's fun every month. So I don't think Jess is going get to, on. to be on. in pain every day of the month or not pain a few days and then be sick after. So it's a great, great thing. All
0: right. I want to do it in two weeks. Let's just want uh, to do it in two weeks. Um, it sounds very like sexual. Uh, by, the way, <laughs> by the way, I did this show on Wednesday and this girl had like, the biggest boobs ever. Uh, fortunately she, she doesn't have a lot of other big parts as well. Uh, but she was pretty face. Nice girl. Um, I go, any questions? She goes, let me see your dick. And I, I, I guarantee you if I would have been like, all right, if I whip it out, you got to suck it. She would have done it. in three Like she was just mm-hmm. like, uh, which I didn't do, but
1: uh, I, I kind of like, what do you think this is old dirty bastards funeral? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pulling out my dude. You
0: may want to end it on that fucking.
1: So this girl, <laughs> Kay
0: Hansen, who has an OnlyFans, this girl, I don't know how I feel about this girl. I, I like her as a person. I, I I've known her since she was 17 or 18. She was like the youngest girl in Invicta. She got a scholarship for softball to Harvard that they were saying she went into MMA, dropped out of high school, just the coolest chick. Then she wore a shirt that said pro-life, pro-gun, pro-God at one of her things. So she immediately got like 10 million more fucking fans. Like if you want to win over MMA fans, that's probably a good shirt. Um, and, And she's one of these girls that like, She's got, got some big wins. Janu Fry, she beat, she, she, she beat Sharon Jacobson. Um, she's seven and five, but she's only 20. I want she? she, she's born she's 22 years old. She's young, but she's got an OnlyFans account. And, uh, I, I would obviously never go on anyone's OnlyFans because I'm not paying for anybody. I, I understand people's rationale. You do you. It's just not my thing. Uh, my daughter just came home. So this is a good way to end right. the. Uh, uh, and the podcast, but uh, yeah, huh. I, I like her. I hope she doesn't go into that route where she's showing her, her, her vagina for money. I, I don't know why I, I just, I'm not her dad and I'm not, you know, her this, that, but I just feel like, uh, I don't know.
1: I just, something kind of,
0: I don't know. something very pure about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a short ride from that to where you're meeting up with a Marine that was number one forty-seven. you know, down the road. So you don't want to, yeah. Shona, I never, Shona, yeah, I don't want to go too far with any of. I don't want to kiss your
0: ass. I don't want you to get a big head. You already have a big head, but
1: <laughs> I was gonna say my head's giant. Man.
0: But I, uh, I hope you never leave this podcast because uh, you make me laugh. <laughs> you consistently <laughs> yeah. make me laugh. Greg Wilson, Don Fry, uh, honestly, like the the best four people. Uh, like like you got three people. You guys like, you guys kill me, dude. Every it's, it's not it's, it's the most fun I have. So
1: uh, yeah. we got to figure out a way to do one or two in person, man. it would be great if we could ever work it out.
0: A hundred percent. I'm talking to people right now. I had a great meeting today with a major network over pin. I'm not going to say what it was, but. uh. Was that know. Larry
1: David that just walked by in the background? Because that's what that's my, like dad. my dad. My dad. Oh, like okay. I thought it was you know, yeah. literally how thought like Larry David. Remember to, say how to show- you. i Sean from the wedding? Ooh, Sean McCorkle.
0: Oh, yeah. Sean. Is that yeah. Sean? Yeah. yeah, you yeah. You yeah. Sean was like, a- remember you were showing him pictures of you like. Knocking people out at the wedding within three seconds. <laughs> My brother-in-law loved it. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. I was doing it or he was? You were. And oh, then you well, told Scott Bayo, settle down, Shachi. Uh,
1: no, no, I asked him to he said, Charles, can you help us out? Because we were arguing. That was great. Uh, by the way, Scott. <laughs> so not Scott's, appreciate a great,
0: it. Scott's a great guy, a great human being. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's our podcast. Check me out, adamhuntercomedy.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Sean. I uh, hope you guys have a great week. And uh, take care. Take care, Sean. All right. See you, man.